Hi. Um, Tonight's reading is from Luke, um, chapters 24, and it's verses 1 to 12. On the first day of the week, very early in the morning, the women took the spices that they had prepared and went to the tomb. They found the stone had been rolled away from the tomb. But when they entered, they did not find the body of the Lord Jesus. While they were wondering about this, suddenly two men in clothes that gleamed like lightning stood beside them. In their fright, the women bowed down with their faces to the ground. But the men said to them, why do you look for the living among the dead? He is not here. He has risen. (laughs) Remember how he told you while he was still in Galilee, the son of man must be delivered into the hands of sinful men to be crucified. And on the third day, he would be raised again. Then they remembered his words. When they came back from the tomb, they told all these things to the 11 and to all the others. It was Mary, Magdalene, Joanna, Mary, the mother of James, and the others with them who told this to the apostles. But they did not believe the women because their words seemed to them like nonsense. Peter, however, got up and ran to the tomb, bending over, He saw the strips of linen lying by themselves, and he went away, wondering to himself, what has happened? Thanks, Hannah, very much. Now, I want to tell you a story. This is true. Who here is from Guildford? So, most of us, okay, so I'm outside Weatherspoons. Do you know where I am? Town centre, trying to get into the Friary Centre. I hadn't had a long drinking session there, by the way. You know, you're all, you're all looking worried. So I'm at that crossroads, you know, and there's about 25, 30 people, and some of them are checking their phones, some of them are talking, some of them have got the earphones on, da 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 And then I am not kidding you. I'm being absolutely serious. A giraffe went past. <laughs> it's absolutely true. In the back of a lorry. A giraffe went past. This is absolutely true. And everyone know I, I'm just did that happen? What you know, what and there was one other person on the other side of the crowd. I said <laughs> everyone else missed it. And got on with that day. Now I tell you that story because it sounds unbelievable, but it's true. And tonight I want to speak on this Easter Sunday about the resurrection of Jesus from death back to life. Sounds unbelievable, but it's true. And I want to unpack this a little bit tonight. So are you with me? Are you ready to come on a little bit of a journey? Pete is. Thanks, Pete. Now, I don't know how you react to this claim of resurrection. Just so we're clear, Jesus died on the cross, dead, finito, finished. Three days later, God raises him from death back to life. I don't know what you make of that. I think it's quite extraordinary. I don't know what your story has been, what your journey is, how you got here tonight, what your spiritual journey is. I haven't always believed in the resurrection. I haven't always been a Christian. And I remember the first time I heard about this this 
resurrection claim. I was sitting in Pizza Express in High Street, Kensington. Anyone been there? And uh, I'm having this pizza with a friend of mine, Amanda. I'm actually at Guildford Law School. It's now the University of Law. Uh, everything's been renamed. I'm, I'm up in London, having a bit of a laugh, eating a pizza. And Amanda says to me, Mike, do you, do you know um, I'm a Christian? And I said, wow, that's, yeah, this is great. And she said, and, and do you know uh, you can have a relationship with Jesus today? And I, <laughs> I started thinking, okay, this is getting a bit awkward. And I said, okay, okay Amanda, right. I just had a bit of a dough ball. And, um, you know, she, she, uh, she said, you can have a relationship with him because he's defeated death and he's alive today. And I remember thinking, I have got to get out of here. <laughs> this is absolute nonsense. I just, this is the craziest thing I've ever heard. And uh, I don't know about you, that was my first reaction. I thought it was nonsense. And the thing is, that's quite a normal reaction to the claim of Jesus' resurrection. It's quite normal. In that story that Hannah just read, that the first biblical account of of, of, of what happens, the women, you, I'm not going to repeat it, the women, they see Jesus has risen from death back to life. They go back, they tell his closest friends, he's been telling them for three years, I'm going to die and be raised again, I'm going to die and be raised again. And they said, it's happened. They said, that's absolute nonsense, is the first reaction. They just think that's absolute rubbish, and uh, they don't believe them. So um, how on earth can you work out whether this resurrection claim is true or not? How can you sort of process it? I wish someone had helped me uh, those years ago when I first heard about it. I've got some suggestions for you tonight. The first thing you need to do is you need to do a Peter, so to speak. You need to do a Peter. What do I mean by that? You basically have to go and see for yourself. So all the disciples are like, that's absolute rubbish. The women are lying. We don't believe them. That doesn't happen. Peter is an interesting character. Lots of ups, lots of downs. But he goes to see for himself. He's just not going to dismiss it. He wants to check it with his own eyes. He wants to do his own thinking, his own exploring, his own researching. He's going to make up his own mind. Could I encourage anyone here tonight to uh, do that if you haven't done that? Do a Peter. Don't just sort of dismiss it as I did, but actually maybe just go and see for yourself. Do some digging and see if this makes uh, any sense. Now fast forward two years, I've gone from the Pizza Express. I'm now in a law firm in London. I'm 24. It's Monday morning and uh, I'm by the photocopier pretending to work and my mate Mark comes up to me. I'm never sure whether it's Mark or Brian because they're, they're identical twins. They're quite hard to tell apart. And I, he said, what did you do this weekend, Mike? And I said, oh, I played some football and had a bit of a laugh on Saturday night. I said, what did you do? He said, I, I went to church. I went, wow, that's okay, Mark. That's fine. I didn't know you were a Christian. I didn't think there was such a thing as a Christian lawyers. And... Um, <laughs> And I said, oh gosh, I had this friend called Amanda. She was a Christian. I met her before. She believed that Jesus had risen from death back to life. He said, yeah, so do I. I said, what? He said, yeah, so do I. I believe that. And he said, what's more, Mike? And this is what killed me. He said, did you know there is evidence for the existence of Jesus and his resurrection from death back to life. There's evidence for it. 
I don't know about you, I'd never heard that before. I kind of thought being a Christian was, uh, it was a bit like believing something you, did, you, you kind of knew wasn't true, or a fairy tale, maybe like Goldilocks or Frozen or something like that. You sort of, it's, sorry, Pete, it's, it's, it's not real, it's an animation. Okay, I'm sorry to do that to you. We'll pray for you. <laughs> we'll pray for you afterwards. So what I want to do very, very briefly tonight is just skim, give you a quick framework for how you can uh, assess uh, the evidence. The first thing to say about the evidence for the, ex- the, the resurrection of Jesus is that basically it, it's a historical claim. It's, you can't prove it scientifically, right? We can't go back to near Jerusalem, find someone, kill them, put them in a tomb and wait for three days. We can't assess it like that. It's a historical claim. So what you need to do is a few things. The first thing you need to do is actually just work out what the common ground is in legal terms. This is where there's a dispute about whether something's real or not. What are the accepted facts we can all agree on that you don't have to argue about? Are you with me? There's four of them. The first is that Jesus existed and was a historical figure. Okay, so that was news to me. I just thought, wow, he was a fairy tale. He actually existed. I love what Einstein says about him. No one can deny the fact that Jesus existed or that his sayings are beautiful. No one can read the Gospels without feeling the actual presence of Jesus. His personality pulsates in every word. I'm a Jew, but I'm enthralled by the figure of the Nazarene. So Jesus existed. Secondly, no one argues about the fact that he was crucified. Okay, People don't say, no, he wasn't. Yes, he wasn't. Everyone agrees he was crucified. Secondly. Thirdly. People agree that his tomb was empty uh, three days after he was crucified. And fourthly, the first Christians, everyone agrees, believed in the resurrection. Like we just heard, these women who went to the tomb, the first disciples, they went on to believe the resurrection. So no one argues about those things, okay? These are things that are uh, in common, uh, common ground, it's called. And there's, there's Roman sources for this. This isn't just Christians saying this. This is Roman sources, Jewish sources, Islamic sources, archaeological sources, and of course, there are Christian sources too. So have you got the common ground? Are you with me? I'm just, are you with me so far? Say yes, Mike, if you still are. Okay, second, you need to consider the main arguments against the resurrection, okay? These are the main arguments that it was a load of old rubbish. Okay, there's three of them. The first is that some people say Jesus never died on the cross. What happened? He didn't die. He recovered from his injuries in the tomb, and, and then he sort of recovered, and then everyone thought he'd, he'd, he was dead and been raised again. Actually, he was just really, really bad, and he got better over three days. He never died. Now, when you consider that, after a flogging and a crucifixion, pretty much everyone died. Uh, I won't go into the details of the flogging. It killed lots of people. Absolutely awful. And uh, people attested to the fact he had died. And then there's this bit in the Bible about someone putting a spear in Jesus' side and blood and water flowing separately. That actually is a medical sign of death. So most people say, okay, Jesus did die. We weren't sort of trying to pose this on that ground. That's the first argument against the resurrection. The second one is that the disciples stole the body and then made up the whole story. The disciples, you know, they came in the night while the guards were asleep. They nicked the body. They hid the body. Then, hey, he's risen from death back to life. Hey! The problem is, there's lots of problems with this. If the guards were asleep, uh, they had this severe penalty 
if they fell asleep on guard duty, and in a word, it was death. So it was unlikely that they fell asleep. And also, um, actually, it's very unlikely that the disciples did lie because actually they weren't really ex expecting this to happen. They, they were deserted Jesus. And also take Peter, let's go back to Peter. About 30 years later, church tradition would say Peter chose to be crucified himself uh, rather than deny his belief in Jesus. And he didn't want to be crucified in the same way that Jesus was, so he asked to be crucified upside down. Now, would you do that for a lie? Lots of people think not. So that's the second thing. The third thing, people see that's unlikely, so they actually say, no, 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 it wasn't a lie. They didn't nick the body. They were just deluded. You know, they were grief-struck. Their leader they'd followed for years had died, and they, they had this group delusion. And they, 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 they made up the whole resurrection. It was like a wish fulfillment thing. That's what happened. But the reality of it is, medical science would say, it's very, very doubtful that lots of people have the same delusion at the same time in mass number. So, so basically, you know, if I think I'm Stormzy, you're probably likely to think you're Ariana Grande or something like that. We're not both going to think we're all Stormzy, okay? It's hard that I know I look like Stormzy. I know, I know, I know. It's hard to believe I'm not. But you know, um, you know, the delusion thing is very, very unlikely. So, can you see the problem with this? And basically, this is the real headlines. But I'm hoping to give you a framework to think about this if you wouldn't, uh, if you haven't done so already. But in the civil system in England, if you're going to win a case at law, you have to prove on the balance of probabilities that it, it probably happened. You don't have to prove beyond reasonable doubt. And several people have actually considered the evidence, and they've concluded that, uh, as unlikely as it sounds, actually, uh, the resurrection of Jesus from death back to life uh, is the only reasonable conclusion to draw. Many lawyers have looked at the evidence. So one lawyer said this, Mr. Justice Darling, no intelligent jury in the world could fail to bring a verdict that the resurrection is true. And then this other wise-cracked lawyer said this, as a lawyer, I've made a prolonged study of the evidence for the resurrection. To me, the evidence is conclusive. And over and over again, in the high court, I've secured a verdict on evidence not nearly as compelling. As a lawyer, I accept it unreservedly as the testimony of truthful people to facts they were able to substantiate. So the reason I'm saying this is that there's an intellectually credible piece to faith in Jesus Christ. And do a Peter if you haven't looked at the evidence and do, uh, do some research and go and see for yourself. Now, there's all sorts of evidence we could talk about. There's circumstantial evidence. Look, we're here tonight. What does that mean if it's all a whole load of rubbish? What about the stories that those four wonderful people have just told? Is, are they lying? This is part of the evidence for the resurrection. But the best evidence, are you ready? Are you waiting for it? The best evidence is real evidence. Is real evidence. What do I mean by that? Well, actually... One of the most extraordinary things that Amanda was right in saying was actually that Jesus is alive today. Now, I know that sounds mad, but actually, this is the claim that Jesus is alive today. So you can actually test his presence, his reality, his life by encountering him. 
That's real evidence. And there's this verse in the Bible, it says this, it's in Revelation, this is Jesus speaking. Look, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come in and eat with him and he with me. And uh, this is this picture by this guy called Holman Hunt. And um, he painted this in the late 19th century. You may have seen this, but actually this is Jesus, the light of the world. He's by a door. He's holding the lamp. He's the light of the the world. There's this door and he's knocking on the door. Uh, And that's someone's life that it's a bit overgrown. It's quite hard to get there, but Jesus is knocking. And to be honest, he knocked on my life 20 years ago and was knocking on the door of my heart. And I was very skeptical. I was really not interested. I had other things to do. But having looked at the evidence, I became open through people like Amanda, through friends. I thought, maybe this is true. And uh, he knocked on my life. And actually, if you want to encounter him, you just have to open the door and say, Jesus, would you come into my life? And that's how you can encounter him. And I don't know whether you noticed this. I hadn't noticed this, but Holman Someone said to Holman, Holman, I like the picture, I like the colors, I like all this, but attention to detail, come on. And he said, what do you mean? He said, well, there's no handle on the door. How's Jesus going to get in? And Holman said, well, actually, the door's on the inside. The handle's on the inside. And actually, Jesus doesn't barge into people's lives. He actually waits to be welcomed and invited in. And I did that 20 years ago in a, down in a little hotel in Worthing, bizarrely, on his Christian weekend away. And I have to say, I've encountered the risen Jesus, his love, his life, his grace, his healing, his adventure. He's, he's led me on this wild life to street children uh, with Brazil, people in Rwanda, people in the Ukraine. I've met all these sorts of amazing people, and I have to say, he is alive. Jesus has risen from the dead. I commend him to you tonight, and if you want to talk to anyone about him tonight, uh, maybe someone who invited you along tonight, maybe, maybe one of the guys who got baptized tonight, have a chat with them about him, and, and ask him, if you'd like to, uh, how you can start that relationship with him and invite him into your life. I'm going to end with a poem. Do you like poetry? If I can find... I like poetry. Someone likes poetry. Thank you. This poem is called Stronger. Okay, Stronger. We're all searching for something true. Surrounded by fake news, extreme views, everyone's confused. But I've seen that love is stronger than fear. Haven't you? Sometimes it feels there's nothing we can do. We don't know who to trust. Systems are being abused. It can be lonely. And you're searching for something true. We long for hope. We long for something new. We long for that bitter mountain to be moved. Yet I've seen that love is stronger than despair. Haven't you? Society 
seems to be in crisis, and perhaps our hearts are too, but there's a different perspective you can choose when you're searching for something true. If you peer behind a veil that's been torn in two, you'll see the promise of a world renewed. I've seen that love is stronger than hate. Haven't you? Maybe that's not enough. Maybe we need another clue. Maybe there are some things that will never be proved. Yet we're all searching for something true. And I've seen that love is stronger than death. Haven't you?